everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. As always, I am your host, Usamimi. Uh, I want to say right off the bat, I'm sorry for uh, this episode being a little bit later than usual. I've been kind of busy with some work that I've been doing, you know, other than podcasting. I know in a perfect world, I would just have all the time centered around this podcast, but sadly, like most people, I have to, you know, pay bills and stuff, so there's other things that come first sometimes, sadly. But, hopefully, this makes up for it just a little bit. Um, it's not a longer podcast, obviously, with a guest where I talk about a topic. Uh, this is one of my shorter episodes, my review episodes, as I like to call them. If this is your first time listening to a review episode, and that is my super awesome, amazing technical term for basically a review episode. Uh, but mine are a little different. What I do is I go back and watch an anime that I saw a long time ago when I was a little younger or when I was first getting into anime that I haven't seen in a really long time and I write down what I thought about it before I rewatch it and then I write about what I thought about it after I rewatched it to see if I, well first of all, if I remembered it well enough to remember what it was actually about and the second part is to figure out if I still feel the same way about it. So without further ado, this month's review title is a little OVA that came out in 1996-ish, I believe, called Sanctuary. Now, when I was about 13 or 14 years old, I thought I was pretty cool because my parents allowed me to get my very own account at our local video store. This was a pretty big deal at the time because we didn't have a Blockbuster video or similar chain store like right near us. This was a locally owned deal with a surprisingly large selection. My parents, and uh, my mom especially, uh, had grown tired of having to pay for my occasional late fees because, you know, around that time I was discovering anime pretty hardcore and I discovered this video store that was near us had some. So of course I didn't want to return it right away. I wanted to watch it over and over and over again. So instead of paying for my late fees, one day we were returning tapes. Uh, my mom asked one of the clerks if there was a way that I could get my very own account. Now, normally they said they could only make an account if the person had a photo ID, but in a stroke of luck, the new school that I had just started had just started doing mandatory uh, school IDs with photos. So I pulled mine out. The clerk agreed and I used my mother's ID as a secondary form of ID since this was back in the dark ages when video stores required like 50 forms of IDs before you could even consider getting an account anywhere. My mom specifically told the clerk to make sure that my account had a note on it to make sure that I could only rent R-rated films if I had my parents okay in person. This is all relevant to my review, I swear. Just hang in with me here. Of course, this did not affect my anime renting in the slightest because this was quite some time before anime companies put really clear, obvious ratings on the backs of their videotapes. Uh, most anime uh, movies 
or OAVs or TV shows didn't fall under the normal rating system for movies, so they didn't really have any sort of rating on it. Uh, most anime back then usually had a small warning blurb on the back, unless it was outright pornography. Then it would usually have big warnings saying, explicitly not for children, do not sell this to minors. Uh, but most other anime, even stuff that was kind of questionable, usually just had a small blurb on the back at the very bottom that would say something like, oh, there's nudity in this, you might want to be careful. <laughs> So, after a while, I'd rented most of the anime that this video store had to offer, uh, a large chunk of that being Ranma One Half, which I had already rented and re-rented all ten or so tapes that they had multiple times over and over. So, I finally decided I should probably broaden my horizons and rent some of the anime that I had never heard of. This led me to rent a tape of an OVA called Sanctuary. Ah, see, didn't I tell you? this had something to do with it. Anyway, I didn't bother to read the back. I just glanced at the cover of the tape and thought, oh, cool, a Yakuza movie. I noticed it was yet another Viz title, and I had rented other Viz titles like Rama One Half and Maisoni Koku, so surely this would be good, right? Oh, silly, naive young me. Sanctuary ended up being much more adult-oriented than I had anticipated. I distinctly remember the cover having two Yakuza-looking guys with guns floating over a cityscape, so I assumed it was going to be something with a lot of guns and fighting and car chases and really cool sort of blockbuster movie type stuff. So while there were some scenes that I kind of remember there being like guns and a couple fights or maybe a car chase, all of them seemed kind of disappointing and didn't even take up half of the movie. Instead, I was treated to a lot of lengthy discussions, unfinished backstories, and not very sexy sex scenes that seemed to be just thrown in willy-nilly. But we are talking about an age where anime was not as common or as easy to get at as it is today. So, me being younger and a lot more naive, I apparently came to the conclusion that the series must be just so adult that the finer points of it went completely over my head. I returned it the next day and was thankful that my parents didn't ask me about it or discovered that I'd basically rented an R-rated movie without their knowledge. Fast forward to a lot more recently, I was digging around my local thrift shop when I spotted the familiar old Viz Video logo and discovered it belonged to, yep, you guessed it, an old Sanctuary VHS tape. Shockingly, someone had shuffled it in along with the kids' stuff, so it was sitting right alongside a lot of old Disney movies and Looney Tunes tapes. I figured that I had to save some poor kid from being unknowingly subjected to something wildly inappropriate for them, so I shelled out the whopping 50 cents for the tape, and I brought it back home, where it sat for quite a while, actually. Uh, until I finally decided that, you know, it's been about 18 years since I saw it the first time. Maybe I should give it another chance. So, without further ado, let's revisit Sanctuary. Obviously, I was right about the story being about Yakuza. The plot of Sanctuary centers around childhood friends Akira Hojo and Chiaki Asami, 
who decided together that they would grow up to someday change Japan together. Chiaki choosing the path of politician, while Akira chooses the path of the criminal underworld. Both of them staying friends and scratching each other's backs whenever helpful using the tools both of them now have at their disposal in their slowly growing positions of power. Along the way, of course, each of them run into characters trying to stop them from reaching their goals of even higher power. Chiaki trying to get in good with fellow politicians and backing him up for election. Akira trying to get in good with crime bosses to eventually take over said Yakuza syndicate. All the while, all of this sounds very interesting at first glance. But the execution leaves a lot to be desired. Sanctuary is based off of the manga of the same name, written by Sho Fumimura and illustrated by Ryoichi Ikigami. The series is 12 volumes long and is usually praised by manga and comic fans alike for weaving intricate plots of government corruption, blackmail, and Yakuza violence in a thrilling and intelligent package. But in an amazing feat, this one-shot OVA that's only maybe about 90 minutes long somehow feels twice as long and barely seems to tell even half of the story. With any series that revolves around even only partially politics and government corruption, there's a fine line the writers have to walk when involving political type things. It has to sound convincing while being easy to understand, because if it gets too long or rambly or convoluted, people are going to get lost or outright bored pretty quickly. Guess which camp Sanctuary falls into? The story starts out with your typical plot of blackmailing a politician by holding some photos of him having sex with someone that's not his wife over his head. There's also a visit to your stereotypical Yakuza-owned casino where a female cop trying to get information gets drugged and cruelly tricked into thinking she's been raped for a few minutes before reading a note informing her otherwise. These are just a few of the stereotypical sort of plot devices you'll be treated to in Sanctuary, pretty much. Uh, in some gangster films, you can forgive these sort of tired old standards because they'd be paired with a lot of action, or at the very least written with some sort of panache and directed in a fun, visual sort of way. Unfortunately, Sanctuary doesn't really have any of those things to fall back on. The bad things in this OVA stand out a lot more than they could have if they'd at least been shuffled in with some saving points, if it had any. But the harder I looked, the harder it really became to find anything to praise. Sanctuary, the OVA, really doesn't have a lot of good parts to focus on. For one, the story jumps back and forth between characters a lot, sometimes abruptly so, to the point where it was hard to figure out how much time had passed between one plot point and the other. Other times, scenes went far too long, and where you'd think the natural ending of that scene would be, we'd get lots of unnecessary dialogue, sometimes leading to another unnecessary sex scene, sometimes implied, sometimes actually shown, though nothing racier than your typical R-rated movie. Another thing that didn't help the abruptly cut scenes is the fact that while the animators tried their best to emulate Ikigami's unique drawing style, 
It's not an easy style to animate, especially for the time that this was made. So there were plenty of times where it was hard for me to distinguish which character was Akira and which character was Chiaki. Both of them look so similar, especially in this adaptation, and at times even wore similar suits or outfits. So I caught myself listening to their voices a lot more closely than normal just so I could try to remember who was who. And like I mentioned before, the animation style is also sadly something that did not age very well in this OVA. While plenty of anime from 1996 is still very much watchable, Sanctuary doesn't feel like something you could easily recommend to an anime fan of today without warning them how dated it looks. I pointed out already that the animators tried to emulate Ikigami's style, and while some key scenes really do look like they leapt right off of one of the manga pages, other times characters look too masculine and awkward, even the females. Scenes that would have benefited from some high action and high dramatic cinematography were animated pretty straightforward and almost mundanely. Whatever budget was for this OVA, the bulk of it probably didn't go towards animation, sadly. Also, the fashion everyone wears in Sanctuary is just downright ridiculous. Everybody looks like they're wearing enormous shoulder pads under everything they wear. Shirts have a very sort of 80s or Hawaiian shirt kind of print to them. Almost every man wearing a suit looks like he's practically swimming in it. For something that was animated in the mid-90s, everything looked more grounded in the 80s to me, sometimes even the 70s, and I probably spent more of my time laughing at the horrible outfits characters wore than I should have. And after all of that mess, we're not even really treated to anything remotely close to a satisfying ending to this OVA. Where my last OVA review, Oh My Goddess, came up with a great way to end the story by leaving just enough closure to make it seem like the story concluded, but left it open enough just to keep you wanting more, Sanctuary just sort of ended? <laughs> Granted, it's less than 90 minutes long, and there's no way on earth you could successfully squeeze a 12-volume manga series into such a small time frame, but it just felt so phoned in half the time. And the ending, like much of the rest of the OVA, seemed to just be yet another abruptly cut-to scene that, we, that didn't really go anywhere or finalize anything. As far as I can tell, it ends somewhere either midway or near the end of the manga's story. So the only thing I could think of was that maybe the writers figured after watching this OVA, you might want to run out and buy the manga to see how it all ends. It certainly doesn't seem to be animated with the fans of the manga in mind, as it really does nothing but try to desperately capture what made the manga great in such a hurried way that it just seems to be an injustice to the original source material, really. Now, I can't for the life of me remember if I saw this OVA originally subtitled or dubbed, but for this rewatch, the tape that I found was dubbed. It seemed serviceable enough and was pretty much your typical 90s sounding dub from Viz. Some characters were voiced well and had consistent performances, while others came off as a little cheesy and kind of forced at times. 
David Kay and Paul Dobson play Akira Hojo and Chiaki Asami, our main characters, and do a pretty good job playing their roles as slick Yakuza and strong-willed politician. Both of them sounded vaguely familiar to me, so I looked them up and discovered that David Kane, who played Akira, was also Soon Tendo in Viz's Ranma One Half Dub, Trez in the dub of Gundam Wing, and Jeff Bogard in the dub of Fatal Fury, Legend of the Hungry Wolf. Paul Dobson, who played Shaki, was Haposai in Ranma One Half, Falcon in the Escaflone TV series and movie, and Count Mecha in the Galaxy Express 3-9 film. Not surprisingly, the character with the silliest voice, Tokai, was voiced by none other than Scott McNeil. Uh, for those of you who don't know, Scott McNeil was the very first dub actor to play Piccolo on Dragon Ball Z. He was also Harlock in Galaxy Express 3-9 films, uh, Duo Maxwell in Gundam Wing, Kale in Ronin Warriors, and many, many, many more. Scott McNeil's performance as Tokai is probably the single most entertaining part of the OVA, as the voice he's chosen for this character is somewhere in between trying to sound like several different typical tough guy stereotypes with terrible accents. A few times it actually comes off as intimidating, but most of the time it ends up sounding unintentionally hilarious. It's definitely not one of Viz's best, but it's not the absolute worst dub I've ever heard. If anything, the rest of the cast is pretty flat or average. Looking up some of the crew that worked on this production, a few of them have gone on to do much better things. The director, Takashi Watanabe, went on to direct many of the Slayers productions, several episodes of Boogie Pop Phantom, and even an episode of Revolutionary Girl Utena. The writer of the screenplay, however, a Kanishi Tarada, uh, apparently did little to no work in the industry other than writing this OVA, and to be honest, I think he probably made the right call making that decision. I didn't even bother looking up who was in charge of the music for the series because, honestly, it was pretty average and I don't really remember most of it, so it wasn't really that memorable for me. I mentioned before that me finding this VHS tape of this title was what prompted me to rewatch it to do the review. This is one of those older Viz titles that Viz never bothered to re-release on DVD. This is probably due to low VHS sales or lukewarm reviews for the title. So if you want to see Sanctuary yourself, you'll have to bust out the old VHS player for this one. Copies of this VHS aren't terribly hard to find if you don't just stumble upon one like I did. You can find them fairly cheap on the secondhand market on Amazon or eBay, uh, usually for less than $5 if you really wanted a copy of your own. It was never, like I said, it was never released on DVD, so the chances of ever finding an HD version of this are probably slim to none. I don't even think a high quality version exists. I, I wouldn't even know if the masters for this still existed. Even in Japan, I'm not sure uh, if it came out on DVD there or not, because I could only find a DVD of the live-action movie on Amazon.jp. So even in Japan, it doesn't seem like this was ever a hit, and probably not even really fondly remembered by anime fans, if at all. 
there was actually a live action movie based off of Sanctuary that was made that Viz also released on VHS. I've actually never seen it, but judging from the scores on Amazon and IMDb, uh, people liked the live action version of this one much better than its animated equivalent. So, if I were to recommend a copy of Sanctuary for you to watch if you weren't interested in reading the manga, I would probably say to maybe just skip right to the live action movie instead because that seems to be much better remembered uh, online than the anime does. So, was Sanctuary how I remembered it? Well, yes and no. The disappointment I felt when I first watched it, I assumed could easily be explained by the fact that I was young and this was kind of a title that was too mature for me and went over my head. But re-watching it again as an adult, I can confidently say that this was giving it way too much credit. The story is just kind of a mess and with all the unnecessary sex scenes that weren't even sexy, Yakuza action that's almost too boring to be called action? It's just disappointing, considering how much praise the original manga has gotten over the years, not to mention that there aren't really that many Yakuza-centric anime titles to begin with, you would think that the few that were out there, there'd be a little bit more work or heart put into it to make it something that stood out and something that would be fun to watch, but watching this just seemed like a chore. So would I recommend it? Well, if you're the kind of person that likes to watch old, poorly dubbed anime to poke fun at it, even then I'd be hesitant to recommend this one. While Scott McNeil's character can be pretty funny, like I said before, the rest of the dub teeters between average and flat for the most part. In fact, I tried to look up some dub clips online to rip for examples of how it sounded so you could hear them. I couldn't even find snippets of the dub anywhere. I couldn't even find in the normal places where you can download older anime. They don't even seem to have the dub of it, just the subtitled version. Which I think is saying something when even the people who download this old stuff don't want to hear this dub. <laughs> Maybe that's a clue that uh, it wasn't really all that great. And with the somewhat dull yet rushed plot, there wasn't even any sort of stereotypical goofy anime bits to make fun of. So unless you want to make fun of some of the really terrible fashion or the horribly misogynistic way pretty much every female in the OAV is treated. Uh, otherwise, I'd say it's probably not a huge loss that Viz never re-released this title on DVD. You're not really missing much, and they probably realized that. Again, if you were ever interested in maybe trying out the world of Sanctuary, uh, I would definitely just stick with the manga or if you just really don't like reading, maybe the live action movie would be something you'd be interested in. Even though I can't wholeheartedly recommend the live action movie because I haven't seen it myself. But given the reviews I've seen, and at this point really, I think almost anything would be better than this OVA that I saw. So yeah, this is definitely a case of 
just because it's older and has a pretty great legacy behind the original source material, the anime itself, not so good. Okay, so since I have a little extra time here at the end of this review episode, I thought I would read an email that I got from the podcast email address. Uh, if you ever do want to send Anime Nostalgia Podcast an email, it's pretty easy. All you gotta do is send an email to Anime Nostalgia Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, this email comes from Gabriel. Gabriel says, Hello! Recently I stumbled across your show while searching through the Podcast Republic app on my Nook reading tablet. I must say that you've got something very wonderful going on here. Growing up, I always had an unironic appreciation for older things, especially anime. There's just a very dirty, gritty look to a lot of them that I really enjoy and can't explain. It's just, you can tell a lot of love and care went into them. <laughs> I, I'm sorry, I had to laugh about that because, you know, with my review for Sanctuary, this definitely wasn't the case for Sanctuary. Anyway, uh, back to the email. <laughs> and then there's also the Tetsuo Hara Syndrome, uh, where anime adaptions of manga that wasn't made by them were still produced in his style, like Saint Seiya and... Sakigaki Otojuku. My first episode was your sci-fi Saturday anime retrospective. It was nice to hear you and Z wax nostalgic. It in turn caused me to do a bit of scurrying around the internet and fall in love with the Lensman compilation movie, as well as hunt down some more older anime in general. Uh, hope this message finds you well and I look forward to future episodes. Signed, Gabriel. Uh, P.S. I did not appreciate one emailer's comment slash opinion on your one year anniversary special episode that Ronin Warriors was mediocre, but different strokes for different folks, I suppose. Uh, thank you for the email, Gabriel. I really appreciate it. Um, I didn't realize that you could look up apps, uh, look up podcasts on uh, Nook. That's actually really cool. Uh, I'm always really interested to hear how people discover my podcast because I don't really do a lot of advertising or anything like that. I just kind of threw it out there and was like, here you go, guys. <laughs> Here's my podcast. So that's really cool and very interesting. Um, I do agree that there is a really cool look to a lot of older anime and it's something that I still really enjoy a lot, um, obviously, since I'm doing this podcast about older anime. Um, but yeah, like I said, some have aged a lot better than others, uh, Sanctuary being a terrible, 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 terrible example. I'm glad that you enjoyed the sci-fi anime episode. That was a really, really super fun one. And, uh, I always like, uh, having Z on the show. She's super fun to talk to. And, uh, I think we mesh really well <laughs> when, cause when we get talking, we just, we have a hard time stopping. As for the comment on the Ronin Warriors uh, thing, um, obviously, you know, even though most of my listeners like totally love older anime, some of them are going to have different tastes than you. I mean, some have different tastes than me, and that's totally cool. Uh, me personally, I actually never watched a whole bunch of Ronin Warriors uh, when it was coming out because I didn't have the channel that it got moved to. It used to be on a certain channel for me and then it got bumped to a different channel and I didn't get the other one. So 
I didn't get to watch very much of it. So, you know, I, I don't really have a real formal opinion on it. It's just one of those things where I'm like, ah, it seemed cool, uh, I guess, <laughs> but I didn't really get super into it. So, you know, I can't really say for sure if I really liked it or not. Um, but, you know, it's got that cool sort of like, you know, group uh, superhero style that's always, you know, pretty fun. A little cheesy, but kind of fun. Uh, but that's not always people's bags. Like, I mean, I love that dynamic about Sailor Moon where it's kind of like, you know, a team and they're doing stuff and pulling together and that's always fun. But, you know, that's not always, you know, someone's cup of tea either. So there's a lot of people who don't like it. And that's cool, you know? Like you said yourself, different strokes for different folks. So, you know, if somebody doesn't like Ronin Warriors, that's totally cool. I mean, there's probably a lot of stuff that uh, I like that other fans don't like and stuff that other fans like, but I'm just kind of like, eh, whatever. That's just one of the things that uh, you end up running into when you're a fan of anime. There's going to be people that you meet that have different tastes than you. But that doesn't mean that the thing you like is less cool because of it. So, you know, just like the things you like and don't worry about it. Okay, well, I guess that's it for another episode of the Anime Nostalgia Podcast. Uh, like I said before, if you yourself want to send an email, you can at Anime Nostalgia Podcast, all one word, at gmail.com. Uh, you can also find us on the anime nostalgia blog which is anime nostalgia.blogspot.com uh if you like pictures and gifts and all sorts of stuff uh pertaining to this podcast or older anime uh, as well as news on re-releases and things like that you can follow me on tumblr at anime nostalgia.tumblr.com and you can also subscribe to this on itunes just search on Main Nostalgia podcast on the Apple Store, or I have direct links to the uh, iTunes feed on either the Blogspot or on Tumblr. So you can find those and links to old episodes there. Feel free to send any comments, emails on this episode or previous episodes or things you might want to see in future episodes. So as always, I am Usamini, and thank you for listening. This really sucks.